Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my best good friends, Joe and Duff. And uh, and it's a bus stop week, guys. It's bus stop week. Our bus stop friend uh, from all the way from Titanic Minute, she was a guest there as well. We have Bridget. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you. Hi, Glad to be here. Bridget, friend to the sharks. Friend of the show, friend of the sharks. Friend- mm-hmm. Are you a friend of the shrimp? We're mm. fine. <laughs> That's a very passive review I of know. shrimp. Is is a sh- is the, the shrimp the least animal of animals we eat? Like no, we- no, shrimp are actually very smart. But like like, like looking, I mean. Oh, yeah, I think so. like I think isn't I- it one of the easiest ones to like just kind of look at and be like, yeah, that could be a plant. Yeah, Looks I don't like- ever. I don't ever imagine it alive. In America, yeah, but in other countries, they leave like the head and the legs on and stuff when they serve it to you. So uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, th- I don't think they have heads or legs, Bridget. <laughs> oh my god! It's just this floating tail. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, like a big plankton. It lives forever, and the only way it finds peace is if we eat it, mm-hmm. and if it's breaded. <laughs> and if it's breaded, oh, very important. Does, does caviar count? I mean, those are eggs, right? Uh, yes. So Sturgeon that, eggs. Not a full animal, though. Yeah. You, uh, life begins at conception, Bridget. Yeah, do pro-life people eat <laughs> but, caviar? But is caviar <laughs> fertilized? Hmm, this is a good question. Yeah. We, it was a few weeks ago that we had our fine dining expert Tom on, and we forgot to ask about. I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna assume no, they're not. I'm assuming no as well. Yeah. Hey guys, hey guys, yeah. this is a podcast about Forrest Gump. It is. We that. <laughs> no, because shrimp are shrimp are in the movie. We don't, we don't want to talk about this movie anymore. I hate it. So does Duff. I think Rob is sick of it too. I actually have a list of six reasons why I don't like it. Oh, so. <laughs> okay. Well, we, right. we like it when people hate, I, and we I like cannot, it when they're organized. I cannot tell you how desperately I hope that there's some something new in there that we could talk about <laughs> uh, before before we go on. Um, almost all caviar is harvested from dead fish. Ooh. Oh, a female that's red, a female that's ready to spawn might be swollen with. <laughs> I'm just reading this from a slate thing. It says a female that's ready to spawn might be swollen with pounds of black caviar clumped together on her ovaries. That doesn't sound pleasant at all. Yeah, like um, the uh, the stream by my house where where I grew up in. Well, when, after we moved back to Wisconsin, uh, stocked salmon would go up that stream to lay eggs. So, like, if people like would catch one when it was running up there sometimes it would release its eggs like when you would pull it out of the water mm-hmm. that's an interesting sight let me tell you i had gone. a gold i had a goldfish for like seven years and it used to lay eggs for seven years <sighs> must be a let record me, let me count uh five six seven ish yeah you die bridget have you heard of what happened when i had a goldfish I don't a beta fish. I, I had a beta fish. Of course, I it was a beta fish. <laughs> That's the only one he was allowed to buy. <laughs> it was. It Goldfishes are for alphas. <laughs> it was in college. I'm. I'm gonna, you're just gonna be upset with me with this story. I should almost. I, ha- I had a beta fish in college. Too. Is this a trigger warning? Yeah, it's a trigger <laughs> warning. I'm gonna save it to the end, Bridget. So we, at the end, I will tell my beta fish story. I mean, I mean, okay. like. <laughs> 
Every story about someone's pet fish ends in death. Yeah, mine's <laughs> and, and and what percentage of those deaths are due to negligence or some kind of incident? Yeah, let's see. let's save it. <laughs> did you take it for a run or something? <laughs> did you did you like, wanted to pet it? <laughs> did you put help? did you put soda in place of water? Can this fish help? get tans? <laughs> <laughs> this is called a tease, and right. uh, you can tune in later in the all same right. episode. All right. Um, all right. I will Bridget. tell you, I am a big fish lover, so it might be difficult. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to save it. Oh, um, all, right. all right. Before we get into this movie, or our or our dead beta fish, which is a great band name. Um, what are what lasted you, longer, the beta band or your beta fish? <laughs> oh, the beta band for sure. Oh. Um, uh, do you have any public transit stories, Bridget? Any, any I do. mishaps? Okay. Um, this is where the swear comes out. I already, that's why I had to ask oh, no. about but it. Let it fly. We'll deal with it in post. <laughs> no, I'm really excited to see how you deal with it. <laughs> All right. Um, I have lots of public trans- transit stories because I lived in two major cities with no car. So A tale of two cities. A tale of two cities. I lived in Chicago and Washington, D.C. and have taken public transit in both those places a lot. Um, okay. But my story, my, I, ha- I did share this at the Facebook group way back when, but I'm sure not everybody heard it. Um, when I lived in Chicago, I had an internship at the Field Museum that I would take the train and the bus to. So I had a nice commute. And I was at a bus stop downtown. Like, if you're familiar with Chicago, like, by the Harold Washington Library. It's right on State Street, like, a busy area, <clears throat> retail district. Usually totally fine. <laughs> um, but I was sitting at the bus stop, very excited, because I got a seat at the bus stop, which is very unusual, because mm. there's only three, and also nobody likes to sit next to each other, so it's really two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sitting there, pretty happy. Or it's one summer. Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, though. That's true. <laughs> um, this guy comes and sits next to me, uh, and he's most likely the homeless. Is that the right? I don't think that's like what you're supposed to say anymore, though. What is what is the transient? Correct? Transient. <laughs> I I think I, you can still say homeless. You can, can say, you say homeless. You can say homeless. Um, okay. You can also say hobo. <laughs> hobo is acceptable on this yep. show you can say hobo well if, yep. if they're only a hobo if they're on a greyhound and crossing straight state lines uh, yes. or if you have a sock with a hole in it by your toe and uh, a bindle the stick yes. with a little thing on it <laughs> yes is that what those are called bindles yes I'm pretty sure it is <laughs> that's a very important vocab word thank you anyway this guy sits next to me and it's fine though like he's not really like he's non-threatening but he just starts talking to me and you know did he have the hobo smell Smell? Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's how My you know. My favorite Yankee candle. I mean, that's how... <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know, right? Like, he wasn't dressed poorly or anything, but the smell, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really interested in my shoes. Like, he really likes my shoes. And then he's, like, pointing at his shoes, which are not the greatest. And I'm like, I'm not going to, like... This is the like... <laughs> <laughs> It is. But see, that's, this is why I'm telling that story. I remember my first pair of shoes. <laughs> They was magic shoes. <laughs> he was just like, those are really nice shoes. Thank you. And then, then he, like, without words, kind of points at his shoes, which are tattered. And I'm like, mm-hmm, sorry. <laughs> right? It sounds like he read one chapter of a pickup artist book. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait. 
<laughs> so he's like trying to talk to me, blah, blah. And then there's like sort of a long pause and he's just sitting there. And then he goes, were you talking well, to me? <laughs> <laughs> you said that a little too soon. You're not going to want the next line attributed to you. Oh no. <laughs> so there's like a pause. I'm like, all right, we're done with that conversation. And, uh, then he just goes, you want to go in the alley and f- <laughs> and and keep just going. Keep going. <laughs> to which? What was the alley like? <laughs> I I admire the leap there. Right. Like so went, yeah, you know, went from shoes right to all right. Let's let's seal this deal. Let's wrap it up. He shot a shot, right? Yeah. I well, he had a We're trying to find out. So, oh god. <laughs> So, so the little tramp I politely declined. <laughs> I said, this is the "Did you politely decline?" What a beautiful <laughs> night. How, how did you politely decline? Just no thanks. No, thank Not you. today. I did. He well, he kind of asked. Like he said it nicely, right? Okay. I was a little taken aback, and I just was like, "No." And he and he went, "All right." And then he just got up and walked away. And. Obviously, that's strange and unpleasant. <laughs> did he, but, did but he then it, try it on the next lady he sat by? Maybe, but I I realized when averages. I was <laughs> I realized when I was thinking about this story for this podcast that that was like the most polite interaction with like a stranger man who was hitting on me that I might have ever had. Like he he asked politely when I said no. He said, "All right, walk away." That was yeah. it. I've had I've had way worse encounters. That's true. He wasn't. There was no pretending. At it, you know, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't waste your time. Nope. He went um, straight for it, and when paid, I declined, he, he walked away. Yep. He did. And yeah. then and then dropped it when it was a no. Yep. Yeah. You did not end up a lamp. I did not. <laughs> Which I love how you said it. lamp and not lamp shade. Like oh. he's gonna like run wire through her skull or something. <laughs> Being a native Wisconsinite, there are chances of that yeah, happening. That <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's always my favorite story. Well, but quite you, honestly, you it, it worked out okay. Pervert ever. Yeah. Um, let's 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 go back to Forrest Gump here for a minute, Bridget. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, what are your thoughts on this movie? You mentioned you have a manifesto. Yeah, I have I have two pages of a legal pad. She she nailed it to the a plantation house door. <laughs> oh no! You're not mincing words. You dislike this movie, correct? Well, it's okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a good movie, but okay. I there's some entertainment to it. That's what I would say okay. about it. Okay. I can see that's, how people would find it entertaining. That's fair. It's not terrible to watch or anything. It surely does not deserve the acclaim that it got, though. I mean. It becomes much worse four minutes at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't seen it since, you know, I was like 12, maybe. Like, I, I don't, maybe parts of it I've seen since then, but I saw it like when it came out on video or something. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister loved it and had like the VHS, so I had seen it. Uh, so we had a little watch party before you guys started this podcast. Um and so it was me and uh, friends of the show, Jim and Kate. And uh, we kept pausing it. Like, is this real? Like, is this the movie we saw in the 90s? This is, it's awful. It's not yeah. well made. 
It's super long. <laughs> Very problematic. Just layers of problems. But I do mm-hmm. have a, my manifesto. Number okay. one. Number one. <laughs> Number, Number one. one. Number one. <laughs> hey, uh, Paul, you seen the gump? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way they deal with race in this movie is so problematic. I can't believe people can like go back and watch it in 2020 and still say it's a good movie. It's insane. They make fun of every black person in this movie. Uh, they dumb, like I shouldn't say dumb down, but simplify the limited black characters that there are. <laughs> I mean, there's um, what two? Two, there's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's two. <laughs> there's Bubba. Yep. The black and the Black Panther. <laughs> Yep. And I guess the guy who sells Bubba's them, family. Bubba's guy, family. The guy who sells on the boat is black. Well, I don't know if that's a character. That's just a guy I'm, on I'm, screen. I'm just saying. I'm trying to think of all the black people in this movie. Okay. Oh, there's oh, the black lady on the bench that he harasses. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Again, yeah. I mean, you're proving my point, right? Like, there. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very problematic. Um. All, but here's my biggest problem with with how they deal with race, they do throw in these little things to like make white boomers feel good about how they're not racist. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, Oh, remember when those little girls got to go to school? Like you supported that. Right. Or like Forrest Gump supports that he helped him out. Um, remember George Wallace, he was horrible. Right. We all agree on that. There's mm-hmm. very like, easy um things to pick out but then when they actually have black characters in the movie it's the exact opposite i think obviously the movie the movie is made just like tug at the heartstrings of boomers right Mm -hmm. um every step of the way and so it's amazing to me that other other people enjoy it at the same level um but it makes me wonder, as we were watching it at our little watch party, I was saying to Jim and Kate, I'm like, I wonder what they'll make like for millennials when we're old. Like, I would love to know what the movie is. <laughs> Joe, has, Joe has that covered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, you know, when this movie came out in 94, right? So, like, there's really three generations at that point. There's Gen X, Boomers, and... and uh, the, like greatest greatest, the greatest generation, right? So, like, it, it makes sense. Like, it's going to appeal to boomers. It's mm-hmm. entirely about their life. Um, greatest generation is probably going to enjoy seeing that, too. And then Generation X, you know, is pretty young at that point and doesn't care. So, like, from well, a marketing their, standpoint. That's like their defining self. Like, their defining trait, right? Yeah. yeah. From a marketing awesome. standpoint, all of this makes total sense. Oh, just, absolutely. And the Gen Xers yeah. had just gotten their horrible movies like just soon, like a little bit before this, like Reality Bites and Singles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, gen- the, yeah, there was, and, and I could also see this movie coming out in 94 and being, this sounds crazy, but almost to, 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 um, to boomers being like, oh, finally a movie about us. Because there had been like this like run of, you know, uh, youth movies. Oh, see, that's interesting. So maybe the pendulum swung back. It's like, no, no, Gen X, time, time to focus on us again. I think so, a little bit. Yeah, I think there's something that, to that. Didn't the '80s kind of have a lot of boomer movies well, too? You, like you had like, the big, like, chill, like the right, right stuff or the big chill. Yeah, not the right stuff, big chill. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, but you so still gone a while I've, since I've, then. Oh yeah, no, I don't. I'm not disputing. But, I'm just trying to think of the last big one before this. But I also, I really think there's something to what Rob said in that I think everything always kind of swings back and forth 
and the same the same thing kind of happened i think in the 80s and like the early 80s you kind of had that um like you said the right stuff and uh big chill but then you kind of swing back to the youths with like the brat pack and then you've all those john hughes movies mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, actually, I don't really even think the right stuff qualifies as a boomer movie. I just, for some reason, I always get that confused with The Big Chill, and I have no idea why. I mean, it's, yeah, I would say the... And I've never seen either one of them. <laughs> I've seen The Big Chill and don't remember anything except the soundtrack. Yeah, I've seen both. They're, they both do what they're trying to do. The other thing <laughs> I was going to say is that, is this arguably, like, the peak of boomer media power? like 19 the mid to early 90s or was this past because it was like for all intents and purposes Mm pre-internet there was still like monoculture and so there was this movie where the boomers have pretty much controlled the culture for 30 to 40 years at least i just i'm trying to think Mm -hmm. of like when when was peak boomer culture i think i think this would be a pretty good i mean 94 makes sense mm-hmm. it's definitely because they're old enough to like be adults with kids at this point yeah i think i think it probably would be more like like late 80s because i mean t- popular television which is probably the most dominant form of media at the time right yeah mm-hmm. is is all geared towards people in their you know from like 25 to their late 30s yeah so by then I, they kind of have aged out of the television demographic Maybe Cosby Show is like peak boomer. Yeah. <laughs> 30-something. Uh, that would be like or, 87 to 91, right? Or or Family Ties. Yeah, like those Reagan-era sitcoms. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I, I think Forrest Gump... Well, Forrest Gump represents the transition from like boomer lives as present day to mm-hmm. boomer lives as nostalgia. Yes. that's a, Yeah, it's a great point. I'll, I'll agree with that. I know you guys have talked about the character of Jenny, but I need to like restate this. What a horrible character. And again, like there's not really that many women in this movie either. Um, When we say this is a movie for boomers, it's for like white male boomers and then proud, like some white women boomers, right? Like it's for the, it's for white boomers and the women they drag along. Yes. (laughs) Um, it's, it's for the fellas. Let's yeah. be real. So it's mostly for men, to, though. Just to clarify, and it can be both. But do you mean Jenny is horrible, or the treatment of Jenny is horrible? The way that character is written is just horrible. Uh, okay. It's there's it lacks any complexity. Everything terrible is dumped on her. She has no like growth and development. Even at the end, when she like is essentially like coming crawling back to Forest, she really hasn't changed. She just is dying. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it's like, something to pawn her kid off onto. Yeah, and I. Yeah. It made me think of. Uh, this kid sees dead people. You gotta take him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't care enough to tell him about that kid until she knew she was gonna die. Right, and wanted to make sure he wasn't yep. a foster kid or something mm-hmm. and it made me so a little fun fact about Bridget uh I, I minored in classical studies in college cool kid that I am mm-hmm. and uh there's this theme in the classics of wicked women and I just feel like she fits Witchy that theme woman, <laughs> see, see how high she flies, flies. 
blasted out my eardrums here. <laughs> but yeah, so there's this theme of wicked women, which are, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of simplifying this, but it's just this idea, like, women are trouble, right? Like, women are always trouble, yeah. the men. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Fellas. Am I right? Yeah, they're like the the sort of like idea, like in many of those classic texts, they like the siren. The siren is the class. Yes, the sirens or like Calypso in the Odyssey are classic examples. What else are we going to have wars over? Right. (laughs) What's interesting in this one, though, is like she has no none of the qualities of the siren at all in Forrest Gump. She provides if. there's there's no point at all where she well I guess she tries to tempt him when she gives him the hand job. <laughs> right. Is and, that the and, only is, and with her pity lay? Yeah, and but there's not really any point where we feel like she is going to lead him to do something bad, right? She just has her own like no, you're right. According to the attitude of the film, her own bad interests, but she doesn't seem to have any desire at all to pull force. Into yeah, she's them. not trying to corrupt force in any which way. Is, that is made abundantly is, clear. Yeah, but so she, she kind of like drags him along. Like yeah. she leads him on in a way. She does sometimes push him away, but like she still always comes back. And I think that's kind of lines up with some of this mythology of like you're, she still like has her hooks in him and doesn't really hook ever job. let him go. <laughs> did you say hook job? <laughs> yeah, I did say hook job. Oh, that just nothing sounds disgusting. Nothing Jenny does though ever really helps Forrest, right? He's always helping her. Well, but. except when he runs away in battle. It's true. She, she told she him to run. I I agree with your point. That's just the one thing she did. But I just I just think it's disappointing that like at no point does she ever learn anything in this movie? <laughs> like to have mm-hmm. a character who just goes their entire life doing everything terrible and then just dies. Just a life of misery. <laughs> but does Forrest like, learn anything either? I think he does. I don't even know about that. I don't know. I think he learns about love. Like, I think that's his, like, main theme. I I think he just kind of functions the entire time as a person who feels like he knows what love is. Like, his love for the people he loves is consistent and never wavers from when he's a little kid. Yeah. Like, he's betrayed and he deals with hurt and loss, but, like, I can't really pinpoint a specific way that it changes him as a character. And as we kind of got into, and we'll hit it at the end of the movie, the thing that Forrest quote unquote learns is that he believes two contradictory things. Like the things he learns are just lazy cop outs. And I'm referring to when he's, he says, well, Lieutenant Dan says everyone has a purpose. And mama says, uh, or what it's basically that um predetermined destiny and like just random nothingness can in, can exist at once and force is like maybe it's both like no it <laughs> uh. yeah well but, the, but that's that's core to the whole boomer like ethical formula no but I, i'm can, just saying like forrest learns something and what he learns is just kind of nonsense it's kind of like but but, the, but, the, but yeah i i i you're a hundred percent right but that's the entire like philosophical foundation of that generation is they can deploy the life is random and you know life sucks sometimes when it suits them and then they can also uh deploy this like sort of destiny uh mindset when it suits them too that explains like their whole political mindset yeah 
Yeah, I agree. And by the, uh, also, the reason I got confused is because even Forrest's mom says contradictory things when she talks to him. She says, you're going to have to figure out your destiny, but also life is a box of chocolates and it's all random. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's next? <laughs> uh, the way that people with disabilities are treated in this movie is right along with. <laughs> you mean you when mean they you roll <laughs> Lieutenant Dan? You, you didn't like it ramp? when he slid on ice down a ramp on a slapstick <laughs> pratfall into a like, dumpster? It's. I mean, it starts with. <laughs> I actually let me take a detour on that because I did listen the the your episode that aired this week talked about that, and I actually disagree. <laughs> I think. That scene always made me really sad. I actually did not think it was trying to be comical at all. I think it, they're trying to make you feel really bad for him, which is also not a good direction to Whatever go. Whatever it's trying, <laughs> it's failing at both. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Um, but people with physical and developmental disabilities in this movie are jokes, right? And nothing about it is serious. Um, yeah. It, I mean the only the only scene where it is where the only scene I'll push back on a little bit is when is the like uh uh Lieutenant Dan's um uh New Year's Eve party. Oh my god. With the girls <laughs> over. <laughs> but I mean like that's you know just about how uh when when, when when he deploys misogyny to defend himself and his friend. Yes. Um but yeah, I mean when 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 he kind of yeah, exactly what you said, Joey. He the women the, one of the ladies calls um women be trouble yeah mm-hmm. the, one of the sirens uh <laughs> try to, forest try to have, and then try to have sex with your friend in front of your buddy and his girl and was she she mouths off yeah <laughs> and then you know he does but he does that at that scene he does defend um defend forest and forest kind of makes the connection of those two i mean that's the only that's my only pushback would be that one scene yeah, and I would actually, I, I want to come back to Lieutenant Dan and Gary Sinise because that's my favorite part of the movie, but I would I would defend a lot of the things he says and does, so I, I, I agree with that. Um, uh, number five? Number five. Number five. This one's very simple. It's it's so long. Like, there's so much of this movie that could be cut out. <laughs> it's so long. Like, I, and this actually leads into number six, which is, the concept of this story is interesting to me. Like the idea of following somebody's life through historical events sounds like a good concept, but it comes mm-hmm. out really silly um, mm-hmm. the way it's presented here. And um, it's silly to me that we're literally following like so many decades and it just keeps going and going. And it's kind of the same stuff over and over, right? Like it's different historical events, but it's kind of the same story. Forrest is here and and he makes a lot of money. Forrest is here, and he's really successful at that. And Forrest, it's entertaining, but it's Forrest, just long. Forrest thrives no matter the economy or the state of the nation or whatever. Is it interesting at all that the things he's around in the '60s matter? The things that he's around in the '70s are sad, and the things he's around in the '80s is just him making money. To be fair, <laughs> we barely get to the 80s. We the get... 80s part is what I feel like could just go, though. Oh, it's absolutely. so boring. We only get to 1981, and it is interesting that... So, to playing, I'll play devil's advocate and even pretend that the stuff <laughs> with the historical aspects are really good, and that's really interesting. 
as soon as we catch up to the present day with like the running and Jenny, yes. oh man, like <laughs> just if if you didn't like it before, it just nosedives. And if you did like it, you're like, what what's going on? What he's just running across the country for yeah. ten minutes, and then and then Jenny's back, but now she's dying, and it's it's like they went to the '80s just so that they could give the wicked woman aids right like, like that's kind of, yeah. that's like it how it far is, do we have go have to go to give her aids yeah <laughs> yeah all the way to the 80s it it's one final f you because jenny, jenny is beaten down mm-hmm. some literally by wesley at times but she's she's beaten down by life and she's this tragic figure and We've talked about how there are multiple times where this movie could have wrapped up and had a yes. satisfying nice ending. Nice ending. They mm-hmm. could they could easily have done that with Jenny. And then it was like, nope, we got one more for you. Yeah. Well, and they start, like, the way they even just start her child, to go back to my number one point, or no, sorry, number two point of why I hate this movie. Like, they start her off in a stereotype, a stupid stereotype about women and, like, father pro- daddy problems, right? Like, uh, the, old, the old love line uh, <laughs> angle. Like, uh, th- she can never be a good woman because a man messed her up when she was a kid. Yeah, it's like Dr. Drew wrote her storyline. It's awful. Awful. They absolutely could have had her end up okay. Like, go through a lot of stuff through the 70s and then have a turnaround and, can you, and be I, with I just want to throw something out there. Can you imagine the unintentional hilarity if they had tried to key to pigeonhole Jenny into the women's movement in the 70s and oh, and God. the hilarity that would have arisen from that you mean like how the movie would make like gags out of it yeah like how it would, <laughs> like Forrest runs like, into her at a, an equal rights amendment protest or something like that rally yeah oh god and 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 like it's the ultimate like reactionary indignity that they're like uh let's let's I, I and I'm aware that they never say she has AIDS but come on yeah. Um, they they give her the ultimately like the most reactionary way to look at AIDS is like as an other othering disease you know that only affects like the unclean. So they're like, let's spend two hours just making her look dirty, drug-addled, and promiscuous, and then let's make sure she dies of AIDS mm-hmm. to just sort of like drive home our point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that might really be if you're going to think about this movie in terms of the context of when it came out, like the most damaging thing about it is like sort of what it implies about how you get AIDS and the type of people who get it. That's true. Considering the year it came out, because was, it was still very scary yeah, and new. Puck and Pedro had to repair the damage this movie Pedro. did. Pedro. <laughs> Real world. Interesting. Um, uh, Duff, you mentioned like the women's movement. Like that's never mentioned ever in any way in this whole movie because (laughs) why aren't you wearing a bra (laughs) just something like that i'm sure women's right to choose well i like choosing what to have for dinner (laughs) (laughs) well the reason is because we mentioned before this is a movie for white dudes and that would upset them yeah uh all these your point bridget lead pretty pretty nicely into uh i know a question joe has um, which one? About <laughs> the music one. Oh, I don't see how that leads into that, but okay. Um, well, about like a millennial version of this. Oh, all right. Yeah. So we have been asking um, what 
when they make the millennial version, um, and I've been saying I think it would start in like 1990, and then probably so it went from what the late 50s to 81. Yeah. So went about 25 years. Mm-hmm. It had yeah. to have gone more than 25 years. Well, Elvis would have been like 55. So Forrest. So yeah, okay, 26 For- years. I mean, All right, Forrest, so we'll say Forrest was probably born very late 40s. We'll say. Okay. So we'll say like it's a uh, like the millennial version will go from like 1990 to you know, 2020 ish something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, this one ends you know right at the beginning of Reagan, so we'll say the millennial version ends right at the beginning of Trump, so 2017. Okay. Okay. What what's kind of like we we make fun of the soundtrack a lot. Um, what what's gonna be? What do you think is an essential band to be on the millennial nostalgia soundtrack for Millennial Gump? <sighs> Um, Are you going to say Iris by Goo Goo Dolls? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Please, Rob. She has deeper cuts than that. For Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. <laughs> the real, the real Goo Goo Heads. Uh, I, uh, like I do Black love. Balloon. I do really love that song, but uh, Black Balloon was a single. That's not even a deep cut. <laughs> I was just the only other song I could think of. Um, I do like the song Iris. I do sometimes not like that one as associated with my fandom because it sounds like I just that's the song picked, the posers like, like isn't it's it? it's the one everybody likes but it's good that's why everybody likes it um anyway um like the first thing that popped to my head would have been like a 90s R&B I don't know an exact song oh I do no I do but let me come back to it because that's the one I want it to be but I the second thing that popped in my head was like sync. Like I do, I think there has to be. That doesn't make sense for a Forrest Gump esque movie, but like, how could you leave out the bubblegum pop? Well, the if they're going to remake this for millennials, like the Forrest Gump character would definitely be a woman, right? Isn't sure. that the whole like millennial remake philosophy? And, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't want to sound like a Ben Shapiro or something like that, but like, you know, well, it's Ghostbusters, but for the ladies. Yeah. Or, or it could be the Creed route, and we could have Black Forrest Gump. Yeah. Oh, a I black think you meant the band for a be. second. <laughs> it's like, oh. wait a minute, what? So you you could totally see like if it, especially if it was a uh, a, a female Forrest Gump. I'm trying to think of what the female version of the name Forrest would be. Um, Fiona. Ferris. <laughs> Fiona. Fiona. I like Fiona Gump. Fiona yeah. Gump. Yeah. You I would mean, totally I, go through the boy band phase. So yeah, but sense. I also think no matter who the character is, like, how could you skip over like the. So the like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, or the boy bands like uh, those yeah. were a big deal. The teeny bopper, uh, that kind of like Disney hit factor. Yeah, of those people. Yeah, you can't skip that over. Um, what I really want though is Pony by Genuine. Pony. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's I was a good so one. this so this Forrest Gump's gonna be horny. I take it. <laughs> that would be a great scene about. I'm trying to think something with like a dating app or something there mm. i just thought of this there needs to be I, I don't get we won't get into the specifics but there needs to be the equivalent of bubba who dies in millennial forest gump and when he dies uh meet you at the crossroads needs to play yeah <laughs> that's not bad i was thinking also when you mentioned r&b earlier bridget and and joe you mentioned that in this in this remake force as a woman you could have brandy and monica the boy is mine yeah <laughs> would be forgot about that song a, a great song to have in it in the later years you'd have to get like a lemonade beyonce song 
Like yeah. toward the, that would be like where it ends. Uh, Alanis, I feel like there'd be some oh, presence. Yeah. I've been really into Alanis Morissette lately. Been revisiting that. Uh, the other thing would be like the Latin explosion, like in a, a Ricky Martin and Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lopez. <laughs> Basically, I'm just giving you all the music I really like from my life. I, <laughs> well, that's why we asked different people. We just, we just covered a lot of the 90s trends there. Because <laughs> rock and then to a significantly uh, lesser extent, like R&B and stuff was the dominant pop music at the, you know, in the late 50s through the 70s. <laughs> but, but like music... Uh, it like rock uh definitely did not have nearly the same level of cultural power during like our our Forrest Gump lifespan era right the last so the, the Forrest the time, soundtrack would be so much more diverse i guess it would have to be right the early the early songs maybe the early years of millennial Forrest Gump would have rock but i mean rock hasn't been a cultural presence really for God, going on like 20, 25 like, years. Like grunge would be at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah or and you could maybe Pearl do like Jam. a Coldplay song at yeah. some point. Yeah. Get, I, you I'm get just... that get that new metal in there. Yeah. So like the Forrest Gump character like uh, shows Eddie Vedder how cool flannel is or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's definitely has to be like a lot of hip hop in it too. That's like yeah. a huge yes. part of all those. That years. should be majority of it. Yeah. Which is which is why it can't be a white guy. It has to be a woman or a black guy. Yeah. Um, Duff, you have your character question. I know. So yeah, uh, who do you want Forrest to run into? That is a famous uh, celebrity, mm-hmm. politician, sports figure, whatever from like we said, roughly 1955-ish through 1980 or so? Um, So I have a love for Cuba. I did a May Master's study abroad there and have studied the history. You have your master's? I have my master's. I I said I do have my master's, (laughs) but I did a May Master (laughs) in Cuba. And so I just like, I always have an affinity for anything to do with Cuba. And I feel like Cuba is missing from this movie. And it is a significant part of the the late 50s, early 60s, for sure. Should Forrest be involved in the Bay of Pigs? Well, so (laughs) here's the thing. It can't happen, right? Like, I want him to meet the person I want. I want him to meet like Fidel, Fidel? or, oh, or yes. like I want him to meet Fidel or like Che Guevara, but it can't happen because he's too, Embargo. he's too young. It would rock way too hard. <laughs> right. He like, he's, he's too young to really have been involved in any of the significant events with them, but yeah, he'd be a little kid. Also, I did look up when Forrest Gump was born to be able to answer this question, by the way. <laughs> um, but also, like, obviously, boomers would hate anything to do with Fidel, <laughs> Fidel Castro or, or Che Guevara. But, um, I can't even imagine how clumsily and awful. It would, it so I'm bad. shuddering at the thought of it. I, just, but, I, just, I want, uh, my, my dream is that Forrest becomes a CIA op and he gets sent with the exploding yeah, cigar or something. That's what, so that's what I was thinking. I was, I, despite him being too young, I just want to imagine he could just be a part of this. I want him to be, like, involved with like the poison cigar or like the mafia 
hit that was supposed to happen. Like somehow he like stumbles into to to these plans to assassinate, or somehow saves Fidel by accident, right? Or, or didn't they have one like uh, some drug to make his beard fall out or something like that? Too? Something weird. There's yeah. there's so many. It's it's impossible to keep track of how many times we've tried to kill him. Like- the other thing I thought besides an ass- assassination attempt is obviously like a great would be a great story for him. But he you know he does like the ping pong diplomacy and there's like baseball diplomacy with Cuba. Oh. Like he could like be involved oh, in that. Okay. Um, or like Fidel came to like Washington right after he took power. Somehow he could have been like in Washington or something. The one thing I did think of where he would have been old enough, I think it would have been like when he was in college, uh, Che Guevara came and did a very famous speech at the UN in 1964. And I feel like he could have, like met Che there or something. Yeah, because Forrest was old enough to be in Vietnam then, so he would right. he could have could have met him as a young man. I, I like don't these know. ideas. Those like, are good. That's good idea. Good ideas all around. I would yeah. uh, I would have loved if if Fidel or Che were in there, but obviously boomers don't want to see anything with Fidel or Che. Nope. <laughs> um, related. What is your favorite tube food, Bridget? <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes. Segway, Fidel Castro, tube foods. Well, cigars, uh, cigars, cigars. shaped. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have a, uh, actually, I hate smoking. I despise it. I don't recommend it. But I did have a cigar in Cuba that was pretty good. Well, I am a, a mostly vegetarian, so I can't give you any sausages. You just only eat shrimp? <laughs> I, they're, well, not like, real, they're not real animals? Right. I, I was rethinking this, and I think like my favorite tube food is, is um, soy chorizo which I think is like the peak like vegetarian version of meat, like fake meat. I honestly cannot tell the difference. Hmm. Um, so I, th- I would like to officially change my answer to that. I will update the spreadsheet. Thank you. I'm a, I'm not a fan of fake meat and I've never had soy chorizo, but I'll, I, I'll I give trust. It a try. Give it a try and report back. <laughs> um, so I think my favorite soup food though are cannolis. Oh, oh that's a great oh, pick. You- both, you just, you both. just excited the dessert boy over there. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. I would say, Senor Sweet. Mike levels are just blown out. <laughs> <laughs> I would say both the dessert cannoli and the like savory cannoli. I've never had a cannoli. I've oh only ever gosh. had dessert cannolis, and I'm never trying any other cannoli. Just Why? I just love my sweet treats. You, you know you can still have the other one, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, it's not, like, a, not, not Sophie's choice with cannolis. I, I don't... Mm. Okay. A good cannoli, though, is one of the best desserts. Only if they're really good and fresh, though. Uh, absolutely. It is the best dessert when it's good and fresh. Yeah. If mm. it's dried out at all, disgusting. Terrible. I'm not 100% sure what a cannoli is. That I know doesn't matter. Like. Me neither. But it is tube-shaped. Is it like, it seems like a cream puff, but like it's wrapped in a tortilla. Yeah, but the like tortilla... An e- roll, like an egg roll cream puff. But the tortilla is hard, and... <laughs> The cream is has mascarpone in it, so it's thick. It's not mm-hmm. puffy. And okay. then there's like chocolate chips on it and stuff. Oh, yeah, that sounds better. I have a different quick. I, I want to sneak in some stuff about Gary yeah. Sinise if we can. Okay, yes, please. Um, is it about Lieutenant Dan Band? That will be a part of this. Yes. <laughs> okay. As you may recall from Titanic Minute, I was a big mm. Cal fan. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if Cal fan is the right way to put it, but I, I like Billy, Billy Zane. Zane. I love Billy Zane and I, I mm-hmm. love the character of Cal and, and right. I think that's like a redeeming thing about the movie Titanic. I feel exactly the same about Gary Sinise and Lieutenant Dan. I have told you how I do not really like this movie, but I think Gary Sinise is great in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think Lieutenant Dan's character is fantastic and probably one of the, is the best character in here. Um, do we- do you think that Gary Sinise has a sister who has a daughter and has to tell people that she's Gary Sinise's niece? I knew that well, was somewhere. I'm down. so glad you said that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> because, no joke, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you just sagged right into <laughs> I have a friend who years ago, I swear she told me that she went to high school with Gary Sinise's kids. Okay. So I like texted her yesterday and I was like, did you tell me you went to, to high school with Gary Sinise's kids? Side note, I know this woman from our time in Cuba together, so it all okay. comes full circle. Um, and she didn't. She went to school with his niece. Gary Sinise's <laughs> niece. niece. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she went to high school with his, with his niece. I think and nephew, maybe. Please, please ask her if she would get tongue-tied at telling people who she was. <laughs> I'll have to ask. <laughs> that's amazing um so anyway i i think gary sinise is just one of like the great actors i really love him i uh before forrest gump i had seen of mice and men which is fantastic if you've never seen that and he's great in that um not yeah, the happiest he, of great. movies but it's great he's fantastic yeah, and, that, um, and he directed that too did he Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't know yeah. that. He uh, mm-hmm. he has a real theater background. I think he still is uh, yeah. supportive of, of uh, is it the Steppenwolf Theater? I'm not sure. But I, I think know. his parents have like a connection with that. He's a Chicago kid. Yeah. And he, another fun fact, I don't know if we've, we've mentioned this, he um, won an Emmy for portraying George Wallace. That's what oh. I was going to, what a cool, like, again, a full circle thing. He played George Wallace, which is also, if you haven't seen George Wallace, it's a great uh, movie as well. Um, he's, that might be like my favorite thing he's in. It's not like a really re-watchable movie. <laughs> it's not the fun, yeah, I can see it's not that. fun, but he's really good in it. And it's a very good telling of that story. Um, Angelina Jolie also in that, and she's really good. Um, he's also, I know people hate this movie, but like, I'm going to give some props to a movie people hate. Mission to Mars? <laughs> no, he is in that as well. I've never seen that. Um, Snake Eyes okay. with Nick Cage. So, so give me that diploma. <laughs> I actually kind of like the movie Snake Eyes. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I remember I, liking I, it. Yeah, I, I would love to go back and, and I watched like um, the first 20 minutes of it. Like It's wild. A while ago, and I was like, god damn, this movie's <laughs> Even crazier than I remembered it, but I, I, I should have gone back and finished it. I just kind of forgot. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I really couldn't even tell you the details, but I remember really liking it and him in it. Um, I, I believe it's on Hulu for uh, oh, the streamers. I actually, I own it on VHS. If, uh, Whoa, that's the <laughs> way to watch it. Conveniently fire up your VHS player. Yes. Well, as, the, as, as you know, we're slight boomers over in our household. That's true. That's true. I'm a proud millennial with little bit of boomer tendency. <laughs> we do have, I do have a VCR. I haven't used it in years, but we do have one, so I could. Um, anyway, I, I used to be like a huge Ben Affleck fan, so uh, I've seen all of his movies, and Gary Sinise is in Reindeer Games with him, and I always oh, really like that. Oh, Reindeer Games. You don't hear that reference that often. Reindeer anymore. Games. <laughs> 
Um, and I, I love, like, he's in Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks again. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's great. And um, I just, I think he's a great actor. I think he does a great job in this movie. His his first scene in this movie when they get to Vietnam is one is my favorite scene probably in the whole movie. He just, he's legitimately funny, I think, but in a, like, not a silly way. Like, the rest of the comedy in this movie is kind of silly. Um, and and in, in rewatching it, I will say it's really nice seeing Gary Sinise with legs in the beginning. <laughs> like, I know it sounds silly, but you're like, oh, his legs. Um, I also think... You're, you're concerned that he really didn't have legs. <laughs> 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 I just say, when I rewatch it, I always like early Gary Sinise before he gets sad and depressed. But then he gets happy again. and He does. That's why I like the character of Lieutenant Dan, and he's so great, because he's like the opposite of what Jenny is. He has... Mm-hmm these changes and growth and he figures his life out. And I think that's a great story because we often see Vietnam vets just living depressing lives. Um, he comes full circle and he's happy. He actually, I think improves his life. It's not even full circle. He improves his yeah, life at the end. And that's, agree. that's like a great story to see. Um, and I guess there are quite a few veterans who were really happy with his portrayal. Um, and that character, and that inspired him to do a lot of work with, but he does, like, excessive... Veterans or combat veterans? I don't know. The thing I, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I read was veteran. <laughs> I realized there's a difference. <laughs> um, Wikipedia didn't tell me that. <laughs> but the, veter- he- the veterinarians were very pleased with right? this. <laughs> <laughs> Those vets. Um but Gary Sinise said that it was part of what he was inspired to get involved in all this work he does for veterans now. And he does like an excessive amount, yeah, he does. which yeah, is kind of does. amazing. He really devotes a lot to it. I, I also discovered, and I didn't really need to know, he's like a big Republican, but <laughs> in his personal life, but kind of like the OK kind of Republican, like he denounced Trump. So like we have that, but um it's he's pretty conservative. The, he's, I think, the last socially liberal, fiscally conservative. Republican. Yes. Yeah. Um, he does the audio for the virtual tour of the Ronald Reagan li- Library, <laughs> which is just incredible to me. Wow. And I didn't really want to know that, but also an incredible fun fact about Gary. Wow. Sinise. That is that yeah. is amazing. That's yeah. wild. Um, um, but yeah, he, I just I love Gary Sinise and all his stuff, but this. I just think now, he's a standout in this movie in particular. Now he's making that CSI bank. Totally. Totally. They actually, I read that, I don't watch CSI, but they said on CSI, they kind of, his character is also a big, like, Reagan fan, apparently, and they, like, I tease him a lot for it. I think you're required to on CBS. But, like, apparently they <laughs> tease him for it. Like, he has a, a picture of Reagan in his office or something, or, like, they tease him about watching, like, a Reagan documentary. I don't know. They tease him a little you, bit about You really it. deep dived into Gary Sinise. Yeah. I, I love Gary Sinise. You came prepared with so much content. Virginia. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I feel like I failed at Titanic Minute, so I had to step it up and no. notch. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> no, I didn't fail, but I was... Here, what, I, what I learned from doing Titanic Minute is that when you think you have a lot of content, you have about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, when That's you think you... That's podcasting in general. Yeah, like, I was like, there's got to be a lot more. So anyway, I like Gary Sinise a lot. Um, well, I I had promised that I would tell you my beta fish story at oh, the end. Oh, that's right. Um, I think I've shared this, but I I don't know. I had I got a beta fish when I was a sophomore in college. I don't. 
it was a gift. I didn't ask for this. I don't even remember who gave it to me as a gift. And you weren't. Um, li- this, but is, it was time. You and Joe were no longer in the dorms, right? No, I was in. I was sharing a house with or an apartment with okay. five others. And um, I, uh, <laughs> I had to leave for winter break, and I didn't. I wasn't going to like bring this betta fish with. Uh, and so I was asking around if anyone could take care of my fish and the apartment while I was gone. And, and either people weren't going to be around either, or they weren't going to take care of the fish, which is fair. So, uh, while we were having this conversation, friend of the show, uh, Rob, who is my roommate asked, he said like, you know, beta fish only have two second memories. And I said, oh, well, then I won't remember that I did this. And I just grabbed it and threw it out the window into the snow. No. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, my horrible. God. This is serial <laughs> killer behavior. Well, yeah, you know. That's, that's psycho. Well, you know, I what was I going to do with that fish? Take, Take it with not, you. Not, no, throw it not throw it out the window? It forgot. It died. Yeah, because it, it died. Like, so, what? <laughs> <laughs> has no idea. Story wasn't so much funny as I drove. Horrifying. I drove my. I drove my. I didn't say it was funny. Oh my god! I drove my goldfish across the country when I moved. It's it's not that hard. You just I mean, take have it. You ever with seen you. What about Bob? It's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, you literally just need a Ziploc bag. <laughs> yeah, there is no way, no way. So, you guys feel worse about it than I did at the time that's That's exactly the the problem problem. that's the problem man (laughs) well Mm. i'll get over it Uh, i feel like i'm going to be editing out pictures of our friendship when your criminal uh like side side projects get revealed (laughs) someone goes digging into your basement there's just about seven thousand dead betta fish outside my window why are there always mm, birds circling it's by the sheba pit He throws beta fish out to her. They don't remember. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Bridget, do you have anything else you want to share? I, no. I don't, okay. I don't think I can Bridget, top that. Bridget brought more than enough. Um, well, Bridget, thanks so much for being on. Thank you for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. And uh, listeners, we'll be back next week with a... Uh, a whole new episode, and if you can't get enough content, you can go to patreon.com slash themidnightboys and uh, get even more content. Alright, we'll be back next week. Happy the days while I'm ending the nest Till once more they ride high out to sea